Hey, welcome to Go and Be the Church podcast, where we talk about what Scripture says the church should look like, how we are care for the broken, lift up the lost, and lose our lives for the gospel. We know this will change your life and leadership, relationships, and purpose, which is impacted by how we go and be the church. Glad you could join us for our podcast today. Just thinking through a couple things about surrender. You know, when you think about surrender, right? Jesus in the scriptures, not my will, but thy will be done. You know, a leadership principle, something I'm learning from the book, lead like it matters to God and scripture in general. You know, the starting point of Christian leadership is total surrender. If you were to look through scripture, you would see in Matthew 16, 25, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. You know, right there, it's talking about what real life is all about. It's not about what you can keep. It's about what you could give away. And actually by giving away, you keep more than you ever could. There's a quote from A.W. Tozer, and he says, God takes that which is nothing and makes something out of it. When you become a Christian, you cannot patch your Christianity into your old life. You are to start over, accept God's call as a promotion, burn the old bridges and fix it so you cannot go back then serve God with all your heart. Because surrendering of the will means you're no longer serving self, you're serving something other than self. And, you know, when you think about leadership, when you think about life, when you think about some of the things we talk about for even going to the weak and the vulnerable or being there for those who feel like they're outcast or uh, the person that may seem like they got it all together, at some point, everyone surrenders to something. But the thing in our culture, right, we want to talk a lot about oh, leaders never surrender or leaders take control or leaders are tough and demanding. Leaders are, never show weakness. These are leadership truisms that are taught in corporate America, right? They're taught all around society. It's so prevalent. But here's the truth is that these are not the ways of a follower of Jesus, right? I mean, as a Christian, don't we beat to a different drum beat? And when you think about it, so much of the Christian faith is a paradox, right? Jesus had to die in order to bring us life. If we want to be great, we must first become servants, out of our weakness, God brings strength. And for the Christian leader, surrender is the prereq to any victory. I mean, the very act of becoming a Christian begins with total surrender to the one who gets ultimate victory. And in doing so, surrendering, we actually get victory as well. And here's the thing. This is what's amazing is that God wants us all in. He he wants us to let go of everything we hold dear in our lives and lay those things at his feet in his service 
only then, only then are we truly useful to God. And so in Lead Like It Matters to God, this is kind of a book review of these things. These are just words from that book. And, you know, as you look through it, it's talking about, it's not just about compartmentalizing life. That's not what Jesus is asking us to do. Instead, he's saying, look, it's it's not, um, hey, here's your career. Here's um, that you can hold back from God and you can keep other things on the outside. No, total submission is everything submitted before God. And most of us, you know, no one wants to really see control of their life. People, people don't do that generally, right? I mean, there are things no one wants to surrender, right? Like family. Sometimes that's hard. Hey, that's, those are my loved ones. No, God, those have always been yours. That's what we have to say. I mean, our goal, actually, you know, my goal as a parent is to one day to, for my children to grow up and to release them to be as much as omniscient Christians as they can be. And it's, it's never been, Lord, I'll surrender most of my life. I got some conditions. I got some exclusions. You know, we, if you think long enough, we all have that list. We, we all have those things that we still want control over. You know, for some, it might be work, others, money, time, lifestyle, family, the business of family, the bad habits, or even just the place we live. You want to say, this is mine, mine, mine. Yet, if we look to Scripture, it's really God who gets to say, mine, mine, mine. And so God isn't interested in negotiating terms of surrender. It's He wants all of you. Now, as you think through this, it has to do with He wants you surrendered to Him and follow His Word and follow what He has for you. And that surrender actually brings the greatest freedom. You know, Oswald Chambers, he said, if you have only come as far as asking God for things, you have never come to the point of understanding the least bit of what surrender really means. You become a Christian based on your own terms. And here's the lesson to be learned. You know, the importance of surrender, the hard way. You know, so many of us become distracted. So many of us have our own ambitions and we lose sight of what our identity has always been as ambassadors for Christ. You know, without realizing it, compartmentalizing, you know, hey, that's my career and this is my life and I'll partition these things off and the rest. Well, God, you can have these things because all the good parts that we think are good with money and status and recognition, you know, that, that kind of power can be, right, intense and exhilarating, having money and status. But if they become all-consuming in ways that force other dimensions of your life to the margins, like Jesus, like church, like being in God's Word, if it's being forced to the side, and what are you going to do to get your life back in balance? You know, how do you, how do you hit the reset button, so to speak? What does it look like to surrender? 
you know, sometimes God might pull you out of the game, so to speak, sit you on the bench so you can spend a little time with him. And that happens in countless ways, right? It can be that uh, diagnosis. It can be that Tuesday morning car wreck. It can be all sorts of things that God uses to say, hey, I need you to look back to me. And, you know, that's, you know, that's the grace of God, actually. I mean, he who he chastises, he loves. My grace fears God just take his hand off. You know, lots of people, you know, in this book, it's written by a CEO who's over Linux, uh, the people that make fine China. But he talks about he went through all of these moments, even as a CEO, one time where he got fired and the earnings of the business declined. There's volatility in the place where he's at. He worked at Parker Brothers, so toys and the toy business. Well, here's the thing. The point in time when he thought the most incredibly painful thing that could happen to him was when they were, they were downsizing and uh, going through firing and having to spend 14 months out of work he said, you know, whatever lesson God's trying to teach me, he thought, God, could you just hurry up so I can get back to work? Here's the thing. Our timing will never be like God's timing. And the day you learn to surrender is the day when you learn that when God's doing business with you during a season, he may be wanting you to be brutally honest with yourself. In fact, you know, here's the thing. We can become enamored with our lives, ourselves, things around us, right? That's why it's the throne of self. But when your identity is I'm a follower of Jesus, then here's the thing. You don't manage things apart from God. You don't manage your family apart from God. You don't manage your work apart from God. You don't manage your money apart from God. You know, we should be the type of people coming to God saying, what do you want with my career? What do you want with my money? What do you want with these things, bring it to him. And because connecting how God and the things you do Monday through Saturday, how it connects with Sunday, because your responsibility as an ambassador for Christ should take precedence over every single other priority. Right? I mean, could you imagine this guy, CEO, he's fired. It's humiliating. And here's the thing. How many people are defined by, by their work? How many people are defined by their titles? What if God was just telling you, let it go, especially a CEO? Don't be defined by that. Don't let it be so deep in your heart. And so an identity crisis happened for this guy. There's a sense of grief, a sense of loss. and shook him to the core. I don't know, maybe you've been through that. Some kind of moment that you thought, I'm never who I once was, when God is calling us all along to tell us how we can be complete in Him. And there may be times that for you to be complete in Him, God has to completely give you some things in your life that make it so you have undivided attention towards Him. And that can be painful, right? You, you can feel helpless, powerless. As it turns out, though, 
That's exactly the way God wants us to feel before him. Because when we feel powerful and in control of our lives, God has a very hard time getting our attention. And a painful season, right? Some of my most painful seasons is probably when I had the best devotional times of my life. I know for this guy, the CEO we're talking about, he said they were some of the longest and best devotional times of his life during those 14 months when he was no longer a CEO. Why? Because painful seasons, we're so focused on the pain, nothing really competes with our demands of that pain. When you, and when you have to go towards God and you feel, I'm totally dependent on God because of the pain I'm going through, because I'm not in control of everything or have the power over everything, because all your support systems get taken away during those kind of days, even through a lot of mourning and whining and crying out, you can say, just from that place of pain, you know, you might say, why God, why did this happen to me? You know, here's the thing, when, when you cry, help me, why me, Lord, right? We, we tend to go that way. But here's the thing, it's really we didn't like feeling out of control, we didn't, that we weren't in control. Now, why was God sidelining me like this? Why did it turn out to be a painful identity crisis? And it's because sometimes God wants us to experience these things, so we will surrender. You know, all of us, to know God, you're a new creation. That means you're called to know, love, and serve Christ for the rest of your earthly life. And if you have to say to God, hey, I got questions, I need answers, and, you know, why did God make you? And here's the thing, 35 years old, the day I came to know Christ, he wanted me to know him, to love him, and serve him. I came to Christ when I was six. You know what he wants me to do at 35 years of age? Know him, love him, serve him. I mean, there's for, for as long as I'm here, and, and that's in any circumstance. So what does that mean, though? That means in any circumstance where you lose the job or gain the job, you, things don't go well or they do go well. You say, God, my desire is to know you, love you, and serve you. It, it's, it almost seems too simplistic. Like every place I go, that's, that's my job. Yeah, because we're his possession. We're new creation to call to those things. And so when you're given a new identity, you actually get a new vocation. And your vocation for life as a Christian is to know him and love him and serve him. And, you know, the things that I'm learning about surrender is that we're surrendering to Christ and his purposes. But this is the amazing thing. A lot of people, they come to know Christ and they would tell you, oh, I, I, I follow him. I pray this prayer. Well, true following is not a one-time event. True following, it's a daily necessity. You hear that? Daily necessity. And if if we want to truly devote our lives and our and our careers, our family, all of our stuff to Christ and surrender, becoming that that daily driver. I mean. If, if you have to say, 
Lord, I, I want to come to you and speak with you, communicate with you, then pray every day. That's part of it. I want to be in your word to learn more about you. You know, that's the whole knowing, loving, and serving. And, and have it change your day so you can change other people's, people's days, right? And here's one of the things that I'm learning, okay? You know, have, you, have you ever visited a restaurant and the waiter seems to miss every single cue, right? I mean, you wait 20 minutes for them to come to your table, then another 20 before they take your order, and the restaurant isn't even busy or it's understaffed. The food finally comes. You realize you got your orders all wrong. You got your side of Brussels sprouts. Filling your water glass was just always taking too long because it seemed like they had to cross some kind of bridge just to get there. And then they make you wait. 20 more minutes to get the check, which includes a 20% tip for your convenience, right? Maybe you've experienced that. And, you know, when you look through life and you have those kind of things where people, um, you know, ignore you or, you know, the retail clerk who doesn't pay attention to you because, you're just trying, you're at life where you're trying to pay for a new Bible and they're talking to their girl, girlfriend on the phone and you're waiting patiently in Christian love, right? What I'm getting to is that you want mother under your breath. Hey, you had this one job and you couldn't even do that. But, you know, here's the thing. When we say or think when someone who has a very clear job responsibility can't manage to do the one thing their job requires, Usually because they either don't understand what their one job is because they are so distracted with other things that they can't seem to do it. Well, get ready for this. I think that God, he may be sometimes mothering that same line under his breath when he looks at how we live out our faith. Right? If there's one job, you know, and here's the thing. Jesus called us to the Great Commission, to make disciples of all the nations, the Great Commandment, to love our neighbors as ourselves. And it's an urgent assignment Jesus gave to his followers just before he left, and are we doing it? Right? There are commands, not suggestions. Commands to join with him and reconciling the world to himself. So God has begun the process of restoring his creation, setting the world right, He's invited us in his grace. He's invited us to join him in this vocation as ambassadors. And this is, in fact, our one job, our holy calling, our identity. It's the single task we were given to do. And yet sometimes we're just as bad as that clueless waiter or that distracted retail clerk. And Christians often fail to take seriously the one job Christ has given them. That's why we need surrender. That's why we need to understand our purpose. When we leave our churches on Sunday, we enter our workplaces on Monday. You know, that's there's a culture shock in some ways. The language is different. The values are different. The content of our jobs. You know, secular workplaces, there are often rules and policies. Um, you know, it's easy to understand why you could leave on Sunday and behind and just immerse yourself in the different demands of a workplace because we spend 40 more hours each week interacting at work. And, you know, if your faith becomes walled off and compartmentalized, unless we're intentional in avoiding the outcome. And, you know, here's the thing. We are followers of Jesus at home, at church. 
But if we're something altogether at work, we not only fail to perform our one job, we even begin to lose our sense of identity as ambassadors of Christ. So your career is just the setting in which you live out your calling to serve as Christ's ambassador. Did you hear that? You're called for a purpose, and your career is just setting is a setting in which you live out your calling to serve as Christ's ambassador. Why is this so important? Why is this identity part needed? Because your career is not everything. Your education is not everything. Your, your relationships outside Christ, is, they're not everything. Christ is it. And so when you go to the kid with Down syndrome, you go to the kid with Asperger's, when you go to the kid that has some kind of special need, right? I mean, these are things that I thought about quite often because of my son. I have a three-year-old who has special needs. And here's the thing. I want a purpose for his life to be his sense of identity as I'm an ambassador of Christ more than anything else. Because that can't be taken away from you. That's why um, you, know, you can get confused about a career, about vocations. And but faith, what God calls us to, when you live out your calling to serve, you know, you can no matter what be a Christ's ambassador, wherever you are. You might not know where you'd be next in your career or next in your um, education or next in your abilities or talents. They could wane or you could get hurt, but you always know I'm ambassador for Christ. So there's a whole different purpose. In a, in a school, I'm ambassador. In a corporation, I'm an ambassador. In a hospital, I'm an ambassador. In the government, I'm for Christ as an ambassador in my neighborhood. And here's the thing. Critical thing to always keep straight is that your Christian calling to serve God in this life sits above everything else, your career, your occupation. And you got this one job, and it's been given to us by God, and it sets precedence over every other priority. So here's the thing. Simple terms, that job is to know, love, and serve Christ. You want to transform the world. You want to be able to go to the hurting, go to the down out. No love, and serve Christ. Because a surrendered leader has nothing left to lose because they've already put everything in God's hands. Hear that? That's from Lead Like It Matters to God. He says, a surrendered leader has nothing left to lose because they've already put everything in God's hands. What does this surrender stuff really have to do with leadership, with relationships? with being there for others, said so you can't lose because you're saying God's yours anyways. That means you have nothing left to fear or protect. It means as a surrendered leader, you can rise above the daily pressures and stresses of life and work. A surrendered leader is not bound by the same worries, concerns, and priorities that consume others. A surrendered leader is called to a higher purpose, to know, love, and serve God in this life. Surrender leader looks and acts differently because it's no longer about them. So when a co-worker looks at a surrender leader, they see something unusual, someone who marches to a different drummer, someone whose life is more than success, status, and money. They see a leader who tries to exemplify the qualities of Jesus, right? 
integrity, humility, encouragement, perseverance, courage, forgiveness, and those kind of leaders, the values, the well-being of their people, because Jesus valued the well-being of people. And so what does that do for those who feel sequestered or secluded? Hey, we we value your well-being. Why? Because Jesus valued your well-being. What does that look like to the person who seems like they have the nice house, the nice car, and the perfect uh, family or 2.5 kids and everything's the American dream? Hey, your well-being, though you seem like you have it all, you could be empty of all. And this kind of leadership provokes questions. Why do you seem different? Why do you care? What makes you tick? And the answers to those questions are found in the gospel. The good news that God loves me and that you too can embrace something bigger than yourself, something far more noble, greater in purity, a life-giving thing. This is how we bring Christ you know, to the workplace. This is how we bring him into people's lives, into occupations, into education, and relationships, into schools, because we're saying to people, I'm going to put you first, not myself. You know, this is how the kingdom of God, through God's people, can be a culture maker, how institutions and communities are shaped, made more pleasing to Christ. This is how the world changes. See, this is our one job. Matthew 16, verse 25. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Never loses their life for me. We'll find it. Hope you pick up that book, uh, Lead Like It Matters to God. It's it's by um, Rick Stearns is the name of the author, Rick Stearns. And, you know, Richard Stearns. But it helps just putting things in focus, and especially this chapter three on surrender, what we went over today. I hope you see it. Not my will but thy will be done. Hope you can join us next week on our Go and Be the Church podcast. Can't wait to get maybe on a Tuesday, have you listen and enjoy it. Hope you have a great rest of the week. Enjoy the weekend. Take care. Bye.